the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Check out monorail.com, America's affordable investment app made for conservatives who want to keep their hard-earned money with companies that share their value. Download the Monorail app today. Join Monorail. Hello, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager, and I wish you a happy new year. Will be a struggle for many because the country is, is in trouble. There we go. I found the right words. Really was pursuing that. Sean, did I mention who I was? No. No. All right. Maybe I'll just keep that a secret. I'm Dennis Praker. I couldn't keep a. I can't keep a secret. I can't keep a secret. What am I going to tell you? So I, I have a thought, Sean. Uh, we're going to need your help here, Sean. I sent you uh, those musical uh, things. I'm going to play one. And the uh, the next to the last on the list, the Dvorak. So listen, my dear friends, I have a thought, and I'd like to bounce it off you. The theme of this show, with which I am obviously quite identified, the theme uh, is from Gladiator. I don't remember which scene it is. Hmm. If I looked up the the soundtrack, I could tell you which scene. At any rate, it's been terrific. Why did I adopt it? I adopted it. Yes, I know. And they, that's it, Barbarian Horde. Thank you so much. It's in the it's in the middle of the movie. I adopted it on. Right after 9-11. Sean, play the original theme of my, so- of my show, the handle, if you would. Many of you will remember. Many of you have never heard it. I had a, v- a piece of music. This is, this is something I don't think I've ever... Well, I haven't reported, certainly, since then. So t- 2001 uh, is 21 years ago. So we've had a 21-year run of the gladiator theme. Do you have the handle there, Sean? Or are you looking it up? There we go. Okay, so that theme, I don't remember how many years that was, but uh, it was many years. Not not 21 years, but it was it was years. And it was so popular. I was syndicated in 1998 or 99. I was on radio, however, from 1982 in Los Angeles, so 17 years. And 
that was so popular, that obscure piece of music by the non-obscure George Friedrich Handel, who wrote Handel's Messiah, he's the Handel of Handel's Messiah. But that was not a well-known piece, and it was very popular. How popular? Well, you may recall that we used to have such a thing as a bookstore, and we used to have record stores and then CD stores. Tower Records was the big one in Los Angeles. And for years, the best-selling classical record was that ha- was the one that contained that handle theme. I would go into Tower and i say, as featured on Dennis Prager's show, and they would have this obscure... I, w- I wish I had taken a picture of it. I remember it quite well. So that, that's a fantastic uh, little piece of music. Then, with the 9-11 attacks... I said, look, I can't have this this charming, catchy piece of music. I need a battle. Right. And this really has served us well. It can't, I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. It's just, it's just perfect as an opener each hour. But that was 20, uh, 21 years ago. We are in a different battle today. The battle is not uh, with Islamic terrorists, although they still exist and they butcher people in, in places like Africa. It's horrible. Nevertheless, our battle is for Western civilization. I took a vow when I began radio that I, of course, I... I Actually, um, I'm almost incapable of lying. It's my nature. I start to hesitate. I, 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 I can't lie. So that I, I never, it was never a battle. But I, I didn't. I took a vow not to exaggerate, because if you have a long time in public life, you get a reputation over time. Exaggeration works for a period of time, but uh, among many people, those who love truth, yeah, you, you lose you lose credibility over time. So when I say that we are battling for Western civilization, this is not at all an exaggeration. The left hates the West. Hey, hey, ho, ho, Western Civ has got to go. I'll never forget that demonstration. What was it, the 1980s, 1990s? Led by Jesse Jackson, who hates Western civilization, who hates America, who hates whites. And the uh, uh, that was that's become the theme. And Stanford still is in the forefront of those trying to undo Western civilization. What will they replace it with is a non-issue. The left never asks, what will we build? The left asks, other than government, ideally universal government. They never ask that. They ask, what will we destroy? It's very important. It's one of the big distinctions between conservatives who, by definition, wish to conserve that which is built and the left which which wishes to destroy that which is built. It gives their soulless, bored life meaning. 
So since the battle today uh, is with is for Western civilization, I thought, and I want your feedback. Ultimately, of course, I'll decide, but I want your feedback. Is it time to change the opening theme? And I have to make the decision, at least in my mind. Nobody's compelling me. But in my mind, I have to make the decision this week. Because if I start a new theme, I want to start it at the beginning of the new year, 2023. So, given that it's a battle for the West, I thought some great piece of Western civilization music would be appropriate. By the way, I hadn't thought of this, but I just thought of it. That handle is really superb. Yeah, but we can't go backwards. But of course we can't go backwards. Can't go backwards. But he he thinks the same thing. It does personify me. I agree, but Alan thinks we can't go. We can't go back. He he's he he's adamant about that. No, it's absolutely not. All right. Anyway, so here's a piece. I won't say what it is. And yes, that's right. So I, I want you all to hear this, and call in with your instinctive response, a to my thought about a new theme. That may not be a good idea. And people hate change when I'm so identified with the gladiator theme. And I fully acknowledge that. And it is great. But I told you my my thinking. So here is a great piece of Western music. With this, I would open my show. pretty powerful it's total opening it is upbeat i want upbeat i want i want people to feel proud of the west and it's uh it's actually well i'll tell you later it fits every piece of criteria all right we're good we're not we never go that long anyway I'd like to introduce you to Monorail, America's investment app that takes you from where you are to where you want to be. Monorail is an investment and savings app that is made for patriots by patriots. Doesn't matter whether you're an Apple fan or if you prefer Android, Monorail is available in both environments and online at monorail.com. Monorail is safer for users with bank-level encryption and biometrics. Your money is protected with Monorail through Securities Investor Protection Corporation and the FDIC. 
No matter how you engage with Monorail, you're getting the security and safety that you need. Whether you're adding funds to your investment account, looking to buy a stock, or putting money aside for future purchases. With Monorail, you can put your money where it matters and utilize the economic power that built this country. Don't go somewhere else to trade stocks. Monorail gives you the freedom to purchase whole or fractional shares in companies you believe in. It only takes five minutes to download the app and set up. Join the pro-America money movement. Join Monorail. All right, everybody. So I, I want your input here. Since the battle is different since I had the music for 21 years... From Gladiator. 18 Prager 776. I didn't even give the number. 877 Give me the theme. Give me the give me the number, Sean. 877-243-776. Okay, very nice. If you can't get in, it just you know, keep trying. I'm I'm I want you to be quite brief in your reactions and do it one more time. What I'm thinking of, because the battle is for the West, some great piece of Western music, classical, powerful theme. Put it on again. Yes, sir. Okay, so let me get your reactions, everybody, and I am curious. Is that uh, is that Evan in Chicago, Evan? That is correct. How uh, Okay, good. It says you're six years old. Is that true? No, six zero. Sixty, I'm afraid uh, to tell you. Uh, okay, I got six. Evan, by the way, you're spectacular on the Exodus series with uh, Jordan Peterson. Oh, that was thank you. Sublime. Thank you. Absolutely sublime. Oh, I appreciate that. I'm I'm going back to Florida in, in uh, two and a half weeks to do part two of Exodus. Thank you. You're welcome. As for the song, you know, it doesn't sound, I mean, I'm familiar with the piece, not intimately, um, but it sounds a little thin, uh, and I don't think it's qualitatively different than the Gladiator theme. Um, so, I don't know, it's, it doesn't really work that well for me, and it, it I don't know if that, maybe there's a like a more powerful rendition of that particular song. Well, that's that's. I think it's powerful. The quest, the, the the one that I used to use prior to Gladiator, was more uh, gorgeous and uplifting than it was powerful. So, do I want power? Do I? I the what I like about it, and I'm not. I'm not certain I'll do it. But what I like about it is that it's uplifting. Gladiator is pure battle. Uh, this piece yeah, well, it, is uplifting. It, this has a heroic, it has a heroic quality. Okay, to well, that's what we need today. And thank you very much. And, um, you know, I, I, you didn't sound like you were six years old. <laughs> that was that was funny for me. All right, let's see here. Wesley, I don't know. Where is Wesley? I don't know. 
Wesley, wherever you are, hi. Where are you, Wesley? St. Simons Island, Georgia. And I say a big yes, and I say start with the brass. It sounds wonderful, Dennis. Thank you. Okay, thank you. That was affirmative. I love the idea that it's uplifting because that's so, so needed. By the way, the piece uh, is the last symphony of Antonin Dvorak, who was a Czech composer, who was known to be a particularly kind man, which is not common in the arts. And the piece is the, the symphony from the New World, the New World Symphony. He visited America, and then he wrote this using Native American themes, he said, and he called it the, the symphony from the New World, which is what America was known as in, in the late 19th century, in the whole 19th century, for that matter. That, that, that happens to be a nice bonus. It's not dispositive. It's not the reason that I'm thinking about this. It's the uplifting, beautiful nature of it. But I, uh, uh, I am somewhat uh, ambivalent. Otherwise, I wouldn't be having you call in because the other theme is, has been very effective, and I, I recognize that. All right, Charles, Irvine, California, hello. Hi, Dennis. Yeah, I, I think it's good. Uh, I, I don't think it sounds thin. I don't know what he was talking about. I, I do think it is qualitative, qualitatively better than uh, the Gladiator, uh, which is sort of pop music. This is pop music, too, but it's a higher level of pop music. How about Beethoven? He's pretty uplifting. Well, I I had a uh, Sean. Do you have what I sent to you? I had a Beethoven thought, and both uh, Sean and Alan uh, nixed it, and I and I somewhat understand it. But I would like people to hear what I what I was thinking of. I did have a Beethoven. Thank you. Did uh, Sean? Do you have the the, the that? So uh, it the problem with the Beethoven is that it doesn't run long enough. It has to. It has to hold uh, uh, interest and uh, well for uh, at least sixty seconds. Beethoven, let me tell you, on steroids. Well, how long was? How long did that take, Sean? That's actually it is long it enough. Like the end of, it is the end. That's a problem. I know. It sounds like the end of something. Yeah. No. No. You happen to be right. It is the end of something. You. Who said you? You. You both feel that way. Yeah. Well, it is. You're. You're entirely right. So it's not appropriate. Whereas the the Vorjak is the opening of a movement. Yeah, no, 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 I, I understand. I just wanted, he mentioned Beethoven, I wanted him to hear what I had thought about. Uh, let's go to uh, Darnell. I don't know where you are. Where? Hi, Darnell. I'm uh, I'm out of Columbus, but I'm from Cleveland. Okay. Yes, um, you are the reason why I became a conservative, mm-hmm. uh, like 20 years ago. Wow. <laughs> um, 
Uh, I haven't listened to this show in in a few years. I'm somewhat of a relapsing or recovering Republican, depending on how you slice it. That's where I'm at. Point is, I tune back to your show, and I hear you're going to change the theme that so fits you and your position in the cultural fabric of America. Please do not get rid of that gladiator theme. You and your show and the way you the way you and your show and your character and the way you present yourself, it so fits. It's like a quiet strength that I get from you. Thank I, you. Thank you. That's a very all right. It's an astute analysis. <laughs> I am truly interested in the reactions. All right, we shall return momentarily. You're listening to The Dennis Prager Show. The Dennis Prager Show. All right, everybody. Dennis Prager here. Publicly thinking about a new opening theme. And you've got strong strong opinions, as I can see here. And uh, once again, because the more you hear it, the more it becomes either logical or illogical. So just uh, the, the very opening, again, started from the very opening. D-V-O-R-A-K. Wait, no, 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 it doesn't... It, we, there's an actual, there's like two seconds that it's missing in the very opening. There you go. Huh? Yeah, that's right. What I like about it, many things, but the biggest is that it's uplifting. And that's what we need in our time. That's that's really the most animating aspect, and that's what I, I looked for. Do you have the Tchaikovsky that we had uh, thought about uh, there? Here's another one that was, there were three in contention. I played the uh, the Beethoven. I want Western music because Western civilization is on, is on the line right now for the first time. That's another great one. I mean, they're they're all great. I have to admit, that's is that still your favorite? Yeah, it doesn't sound like the end of something. Well, neither does the Dvorak. No, the Dvorak yeah. is it's opening. Yeah. So okay, let's. Uh, and it's totally new. No one. No and one totally knows. new. Nobody has used that or, or is even totally familiar with it. No, there's an argument for it. Now that I heard it, what do you think, Sean? You like it too? Yeah, right. So this is a tough call. I agree with you. No, no, no. It's Dvorak or Tchaikovsky right now. That is correct. All right. Uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Jeff, hello. Hi. Can you hear me? I can. Awesome. It's a great, great pleasure to talk to you, sir. Thank you. 
I was going to just uh, call and suggest, um, you know, like something from Charles Ives or uh, uh, Gustav Hall's, you know, The Planets or... Right. Well, the, but of of what I of what I played between what I've played and keeping the current theme from Gladiator, what's your vote? I definitely vote for the Tchaikovsky that you just played. Okay, thank you. Uh, by the way, on the Charles Ives, I have to. Say, <laughs> uh, that would be uh, that would be uh, people would wonder what had happened to me. Uh, Ives is a little too much out there, but I, I uh, Gustav Holst Planets has some great stuff, but people know that very well. All right, let's uh, go Pittsburgh and Diane. Hello, Diane of Pittsburgh. Hi, Dennis. It's a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you. Listen, you, in my opinion, are at a level of talk show host very much like Rush Limbaugh was. And your song, when you come on the air, is your signature. So for us who listen, when we hear that, we know who's coming and what we're getting. I'm not for changing your music at all. And you have to understand, we are not yet out of this we're still at war it's just a very different kind of war so i would ask you to please keep gladiator in place at least for now until we get to the next phase of this whatever we're going through. just out of curiosity it's an extremely valid argument did you did you like what i played did, uh, putting it aside i mean did it did it appeal to you not really. When I not really. It okay. really, really did. All right, want. that's what I needed to hear. I, thank you so much for. Uh, I, want, I want to. This is very interesting to me. Look, you did the tough thing during COVID. You paid your people and pulled your business through the pandemic, or really the lockdown. And now, doing the tough thing could qualify you for up to $26,000 per employee at covidtaxrelief.org. Government funds are available to reward companies with two or more employees who stayed open during COVID. This is not a loan, and you don't have to pay it back. The program is complicated, but nobody knows more about it than the CPAs and tax experts at covidtaxrelief.org. You pay nothing up front. They do all the work and share a percentage of the cash they get you. Businesses of all types, including nonprofits and churches, can qualify, including those who took PPP loans, even if you had increases in sales. You did the tough thing for your employees during COVID. Let COVIDTaxRelief.org help you get up to $26,000 per employee. Visit COVIDTaxRelief.org. That's COVIDTaxRelief.org. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here, getting your input really torn on the issue, to be honest. Torn on two issues. Do I change the opening theme of the... Of the I have good arguments. There are good arguments, actually, for in, in both cases, there are good arguments for keeping uh, the gladiator theme. The battle is for the Western world. It was then, it was a straight battle with Islamic terror. And, and now it is uh, with... Uh, those in the West who wish to destroy Western civilization. So I want to take some uplifting uh, piece to spur people 
to, if you will, love and protect the West, taking some of the greatest Western music or one piece of the greatest Western music. Play the Tchaikovsky one again, because when I heard it now, it, 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 it's, it's a good competitor to the Dvorak. It's got everything. Uh, it's got everything. By the way, I even was careful about who I got as the conductor. This was, I believe, Semyon Bichkov, who is a Russian, who immediately condemned the Putin invasion of Ukraine. Oh, this is the female conductor? Okay, that's a different... Oh, she's Mexican. She's a charmer. She, she's really... Uh, I, I forgot her name, but she is truly a charmer. And what orchestra do you do you have the name? Oh yeah, this is in Australia. Yeah, from Australia. So you have a Mexican. It's another nice thing about it. A Mexican woman, as it happens, conducting an Australian orchestra in Russian music. Mexico, Australia, Russia combined. Uh, so there, there's something, but I don't know if I would use that or the the, the Semyon Bichkov one, uh, which. It would be fun to hear a comparison. All right, let me take some more of your calls here. Uh, okay, so uh, let's see. Rob in Los Angeles likes the ride of the Valkyries. Uh, I do too. The problem is it's Wagner, and he, he represents as an individual the worst of Western civilization. <laughs> he was an out-and-out racist. I love his music, but I'm not going to honor him with uh, with the theme. That's That's the thing. Jonathan, Prescott, Arizona, hello. Oh, always an honor to talk to you and a pleasure, Dennis. Thank you for taking my call. Yes. Um, well, first thing, I the Gladiator is such a powerful, uh, powerful intro. I absolutely love it. Yeah. But between the two, the Dvorak and the Tchaikovsky, I think the Dvorak, I cannot say his name right, Dvorak. Yeah, you said it um, perfectly, yeah. Oh, perfect. Okay, thank you. The intro sounds very similar to a Jaws intro. Yes, the very, very that- opening moment does, yes. Right. So if you wanted to use that one, I would cut out that opening and uh-huh. jump right into after it. Yeah, but just with the, the trumpets. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. And I think the Tchaikovsky, though, is much better. And it just I think it represents you and your show better just by the, the sound and the feel. Yeah, I'm starting, I'm starting to lean that way. Thank you. I appreciate it very much. Uh, okay, let's go uh, to Elliot in Wilmette, Illinois. Hello, Elliot. Hey, Dennis. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I think that the well, for, real quick for uplifting, you can't beat the last movement of Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. But I, I, I know the problem is I actually that was one of my uh, earliest uh, n- nominees in my brain, but it doesn't have uh, Beethoven goes. Uh, it's a theme in Beethoven. It's it's a 
that he goes powerful than soft, powerful, soft, powerful, soft. And so there isn't an extended period, even at the ninth, in the end of the ninth. And, and also, it, it sounds like an ending, and this is for a show's opening. Okay, uh, go ahead. The Dvorak, the Dvorak is not, doesn't sound to me that uplifting until you get into it, and it sure doesn't sound upbeat. But the uh, so the Tchaikovsky, I think, is your better choice here. I'd be fine with your original handle. I hadn't heard that. Uh, I haven't heard you back in that. Yeah, the uh, uh, it, it's it's so special. Thank you. Thank you. Play the original handle because uh, Alan, who is rarely adamant, is is adamantly opposed to going back and. Uh, Obviously, there's an argument not to. Well, anyway, it it, uh, it was it was great. It was difficult to uh, to drop that theme with which I was also, well, d- not as associated as I am with the Gladiator theme because that's 21 years. Look, there's, you know, there are arguments. Alan, your, uh, your, your original choice is now uh, very appealing to me. Uh, the uh, and it uh, it's catching on with uh, with people the Tchaikovsky. So you want to hear something? So what I was looking on YouTube uh, for various uh, renditions of this. So I caught this one is with this woman. I'll get I'll get her I'll get her name. She's a Mexican conductor. She's terrific. This was an Australian orchestra. She went to th- to the first chair of each group. Violins, cellos, trumpets, bassoons, clarinets, horns, and hug them. I've never seen that in a lifetime of classical music. I fell in love with this woman back in a moment. The Dennis Prager Show. Well, all right, I want you to know, thanks to you, I have disqualified the Dvorak, which I, ha- which I came in favoring. Uh, your your the the reaction. So Tom in Arcadia, I thank you for your vote there. Uh, and Randy in Knoxville, Tennessee, thank you for that. And Hickory, excuse me, Josh in Hickory, Pennsylvania, I thank you. These are all nixing on Dvorak. Tom in Glendora, my good friend, thank you, sir. I also a no on the Dvorak. So I'm taking more. So I want you to know Richard Friedman, who is a California-based, terrific composer, and I use his theme actually for Dennis and Julie, which is, if if you haven't watched that podcast, uh, it is is a side of me, and I'm pretty open, I'm very open, but what we have together, this chemistry is, is unique. It's called Dennis and Julie, and we have 40 episodes up already. We do one a week. It's 90 minutes. Anyway, we use his theme. So he wrote one called The Fanfare for the Rational Man, 
And here, uh, here is this. We'll th- we'll throw this into the hopper. Sort of a a more upbeat gladiator, which is really good in and of itself. It's very self recommending. So it's this is this is not easy. By the way, it's not easy. Even uh, do I drop what I'm what I'm been using? I do believe in general. If it isn't broken, don't fix it. But sometimes change is uplifting, and and the era. Uh, is that that may be the only problem because the the uh, the Richard Friedman thing is perfect, but uh, it's it's not uh, the the you know the great Western music, Western civilization music, that is part of my ideal uh, in doing this. It's a great piece of music, and that that's undeniable. Well, we have the male female hour coming up. And I'm going to uh, continue with this afterwards. This is obviously very important to me, and I love your input. Have you ever picked up a towel set because it felt really soft in the store? But then when you go home to use it, it's not even absorbent. It's basically a towel that leaves you out to dry. That's why MyPillow has developed the MyPillow towels. Towels that actually work. I know, it's mind-blowing. Towels that actually dry you. Their six-piece towel set includes two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. They come in a variety of colors. And right now, you can receive a six-piece for only $39.98 with promo code TATUM. Go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the radio listener's special. MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and have their 60-day money-back guarantee. To receive this amazing offer on the six-piece towel set of MyPillow towels, just go to MyPillow.com, click on a radio listener special, and enter promo code TATUM or call 800-976-8379. That's MyPillow.com, code TATUM. Yes, 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 go on, go on. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Male Female Hour, the last one of the year. Unless there are recurring universes, there will never be a last Male Female Hour of the year 2022 again. For eternity. Let me do that again. Sounds like a cosmic wind. You know what my my engineer is now thinking? That's right, there you go. That was me doing a lung test. 
thinking nobody gets away with what Prager does on the radio. That's what he's thinking. <laughs> and if he's not thinking it, I am. So male-female hour is a very, very, very real hour about men and women. And I am... Uh, I have the qualifications to do this. <laughs> this is not bragging. It's just a statement. One of my qualifications is that I have zero uh, rooting for either sex. I am not a man fan, and I am not a woman fan. I am a good person fan. Okay? So that's that's a biggie. I have no case to make for either sex. There are plenty of terrific men, terrific women, awful men, and awful women. Thank you. Next, I have been doing this for decades. I have a very, very life-changing introduction to male sexuality. A three-part course at the Prager store. It has affected many, many women because it's very rational and very clear. I'm a big fan of both reason and clarity. You can get it at the Prager store. I think I think you just go to pragerstore.com. I think some very prominent American, young American, I won't say who who he is. Just uh just listen to it and he is going to have his wife listen to it. To be very honest, my wife listened to it before we got married, and it had a tremendous impact on her, but she is the quintessence of rationality, so I'm not surprised. So anyway, uh, that's just a brief statement about the male-female hour and me. About me, right? Not about I. Okay, today's subject is a fun one, although... It's not fun if it happened to you. (laughs) Let's put it that way. So most people in America, when they decide to get married, one party proposes marriage to the other. It's usually the man. So I am very, very curious. This is really a curiosity hour. Did you ever propose and get turned down? Or were you ever proposed to and you turned it down? Now, for all I know, I'll get no calls because it's so rare. I don't know. But if either of them happened to you, I really want to talk to you and please call. I have... I figure with large enough audience, I've got to hit pay dirt with with at least a, a handful of people. But it most people don't propose unless they are pretty certain that the answer will be yes. One eight Prager seven seven six eight seven seven two four three triple seven six. Are you even familiar with such an instance? Isn't there on the on on the internet, Sean? Maybe you know. Uh, is there 
uh, didn't some guy publicly propose like at some sporting event and she and she ran away or something and she said no it's happened many times oh people fake it oh well that doesn't count uh it's it's got to be real it's real and fake god a guy proposes in front of thousands of people I feel bad for him, and I feel bad for her. One eight Prager seven seven six, and it would seem to me, <laughs> I would assume it's, it's that most people would feel this way. If you're going to propose, you sort of uh, have good reason to assume the answer will be yes. Uh, but I'm, I'm obviously I'm just as interested in hearing from you if it happened to you, if you were proposed to and you said no. Uh, this this is a I've never I've never broached this subject, so I truly am curious what uh, what exists out there. When I proposed to my wife. Uh, it was still in the age when there were bookstores. We were in a bookstore in in Minneapolis. That I remember well. Is there a section? I know this may sound silly, and it probably is, but anyway, is there a section of or an area around Minneapolis which has the word buffalo in it? Maybe my wife, who uh, will remember exactly it it's it was a in a in a mall i think it was a mall and it was a barnes and noble and i uh i basically we were looking at books which we love to do both big readers and i said something to the effect i think we should get married and she said so, something to the effect so do i and then we continued looking at books My mother, may she rest in peace, so loved my wife that when I said, um, I'll never forget this, on the on my car phone, I said to uh, I said to her, on, she was on speakerphone in the car. And my, she, I don't know if she even knew that uh, Sue was was in the car with me, and I said something to the effect to my mother. So, uh, if I marry Sue, and she screams, what do you mean if, when? So, (laughs) my wife had a big fan in my parents. But uh, I, uh, I can't imagine proposing and being shocked with a no. Not because I can't be turned down. That's not what I'm saying. I just... My, it would mean, I think, my read of reality was defective. <laughs> you, you sort of, uh, what is there? Is there an analogy in life where, unless you're pretty certain of the answer, don't ask the question? I have to think of, of, of an analogy, because analogies help. 
But this is a question I think that should be posed only when you're really, really sure of the answer. Okay, we got uh, got a full board, which is fascinating. I, I didn't know if we'd get any response on this. So this will uh, in, truly interest me. I want to hear how it happened from both sides. I'm, I'm just as curious if you turned down a proposal, and was that a painful moment? And were you shocked that usually he, he did that? Okay, back in a moment, 1-8 Prager, 776. subject chapel of love that's cool male female awa were you ever turned down in a marriage proposal or conversely did you ever turn down a marriage proposal i'm actually ironically i don't know if it's ironic i drop ironically i'm actually even more interested in the latter if you turn down a proposal. But uh, let's see here. Wow. Okay. So we have a guy who turned down. All right, Stephen, Salem, Oregon. Hello, Stephen. Hi. Hi, Dennis. How are you? Well. Okay. I, I must have been uh, misunderstood. I... I was turned down three times by uh, the same person. Uh, first time, I thought, okay, I'm just going to still work on her. Second time, I went to visit her for Christmas, and it was basically, what are you doing here? And the third time was uh, she wanted to know what my house looked like, uh, and, um, and then she took uh, about – two months to uh, let me know. And so I met somebody else and got married. And then about two and a half years ago, that marriage uh, fell apart. So I'm on marriage number two and, and got turned down three times. Okay. So you, you never married the, the woman who turned you down three times. You never married, correct? Correct. And okay. she's not married either. Right. So let me understand something after time two, why didn't she report you as a stalker? We went to college together. I know her. I know her and her family. Our families together. My brother-in-law actually knows uh, his her family longer than he's been married to my sister. <clears throat> I uh, this is I I'm so somewhat speechless <laughs> that you tried three times. Uh, out of <laughs> well, she's everything I wanted. You know it's. That's that's it. What was that? I'm sorry. She's very. She's everything I, I really want. Oh, she's everything she's you wanted. Talented. I see. Okay. Yeah, she's musically talented. She's uh-huh. gifted as far as uh, well, art and decoration. And when so. when she turned you down the first time, were you surprised? 
Yeah, because we had been dating for a while. What does uh, a while mean it, in this case? Um, I'd say about I'd say about uh, I'd say about a year and a half. It was an LDR, long distance, but it was uh, we were talking every day and visiting each other. Um, uh, from I was in. Wait, so what? When, when she turned you down, did you continue to see each other? Yeah. Yeah, I so uh, so while so what was the reason for that? Was there uh, was there in in her? Why did she continue seeing you after she said no? Because she she entertained the possibility that she might one day say yes. I I, I don't understand I why it we, continued. I think because we were best friends. Uh, aside from romantically, were you were you romantically involved? Uh, yes. Wow, that's really something. So <laughs> did you did you finally you finally gave up after the third time? Yeah. Did she uh, <laughs> was she a little annoyed? Was she I'm a little annoyed on the third time? Like uh, <laughs> what? Let me see your name, Stephen. You know, I, you know Stephen. I, I'm going to give you a, a a recorded message next time. No, she, she, she just, she just at that at that point, she said, "I'm just, I'm just not interested." So then you married and I mean, somebody, and that that right. how long were you married to the to the that person? Seven, just under seven years. Uh, did you have a child with her? No, we're we're both uh, too old for that. Yeah, I, I see. How old are you? I'm fifty-two. Uh huh. So, are you dating anyone now? I am. I just started dating a gal about a month and a half. Well, ago. you know what they say about people like you. You exemplify uh, the triumph of hope over experience. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a fair statement? Stephen, that's what you should, you should have a side in his house. I, I exemplify hope over experience. Turned down three times by the same woman and then divorced after seven years. I wish you luck, my friend. I really do. Uh, Mike in Detroit, Michigan. Hello. Well, hi, Dennis. Great uh, subject. Yep. And I'm honored you took my call. Thank you. Uh, I I was turned down by my current wife, only wife, wife for life. Anyway, we uh, had dated in college, and I think about four years, three years into our relationship after she moved to an hour and a half away from where my house was, we were at a Tigers game uh, in Detroit, the old Tigers stadium, and during the seventh inning stretch, I looked at her and knew she was the one. I knew when I laid eyes on her, but I had looked at her and decided, yeah, and I asked her right then and there, and she looked at me and said, no, you're drunk. And she was right. So she turned me down. What a romantic I, story. I, I got to <laughs> tell you, they should make a movie out of you. <laughs> I ended up getting uh, her father's permission the next time I decided to ask first. Uh-huh. And, uh, wait, 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 there, wait. I'm, I'm sorry. I, uh, the chronology is confusing to me. You, she turned you down, said you were drunk, but she continued Correct. to see you. Oh, definitely. Right, uh, I think definitely. She would have okay. said yes if I. I oh, if you were sober. sober I see. 
You mean there were no rules? Wait a minute. There were no limits to beer at Tiger Stadium? I don't believe there was back in 1980, (laughs) whatever it was. Oh, that's, oh, Um, this is a long time ago. Oh. That's a long time ago. How old are you? What are you? 62. So, oh, you, so you were young. I was young. I was 24 when we were Oh, okay. I got you. All right. So that worked out all right. I loved her response. No, you're drunk. Well, happily, he did not do it on TV. She got it all planned out. Yeah. I can see it all right now. I'll wear my black suit, black tie. Male, female, hour, Dennis Prager show every Wednesday, second hour. Did you ever propose marriage and get turned down or vice versa? Were you ever proposed to and turned it down? All right, let's see here. And Susan Anderson, South Carolina. Hello. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I was proposed to three times by the same man and accepted on the third on his third attempt. Well, the guy from uh, Oregon really uh, needed uh, lessons from your your guy. <laughs> I, I, I'm and, trying uh, to understand. My guy yeah. patience is not my guy patience is not two or three of his virtues either. <laughs> he really pursued you. I, I I so let me I want I want to know your internal workings in your mind. The first I, time he proposed, why did you turn him down? Because we were just friends. We were not even in a romantic relationship at that point. He was one of my best friends for 20-ish years before we crossed over to the romantic side. Wow. I think you've given me another subject. I'm serious. That is uh, well. That it, is fascinating. <laughs> the ev- no, no. Re- wait a minute. So wait, wait. How old are you? I will be sixty in April. Okay, uh, that's very funny. It sounds like when I ask an eight-year-old, "I'll be nine in April." Normally, people right. of your age don't say that they will be five months from now. Okay, I was trying to get used to saying six. Oh yes, yes, I I fear. Okay, so for all intents and purposes, you're fifty nine. Okay, correct. So let me understand something. You knew him like from when? Twenty five to forty five. When did the nineteen? Nineteen. Oh, nineteen. Okay. So he proposed at thirty nine. Well, why? Probably earlier than that, and and he's twenty years older than I am. Too. So, uh, oh, okay. I was in my mid twenties oh, so when he proposed, and he was in his mid forties. Correct. Are you still together? Yes. How's his health? Uh, the old goat is he, he can keep up with just about anybody. 
the old goat. Oh my God! This 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 call is priceless. So, I, I, what was in his mind? If you had zero romantic, meaning non non physical intimacy, correct, and you were platonically related for t- almost twenty years, mm-hmm. didn't he realize it would shock you? And it 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 did. And I, the first one, I did not take him seriously. I thought that he was just kidding. And when I said, "Are you serious?" he said, "Well, I've thought about it, <laughs> you know, or, or something kind of generic like that." But we we moved on. And well, wait, wait, wait. What does "moved on" mean? Okay. Did you then become romantic? Uh, we became romantic in 2004. No, no, no. I mean, how long after proposal number one? Uh, 92, 2000. Oh, I don't know. 15 years? Okay. Long time. Uh, I, I must admit I'm a little <laughs> lost. He asked, wait, he asked you to marry him. You turned him down. and then, And then you were not romantic for another 15 years? Uh, yeah, give or take. We both got married, both, both what, married wait, other so, people. What, both oh, oh both married other people in the meantime. Oh, Correct. oh, is that interesting? Yes. So you then, friends. so both your marriages were either ended or ending and, and he proposed again. Yes. And, and again, after you had not been romantically uh, intimate. We were the second on the second. Oh, proposal. you were. So why did you say yes. no on time two? Because I had no desire to get married, and you mean him... again, you had no desire to get right. wait, wait, you had no desire to get married again, or you had no desire to marry him. To get married again, I did not see any point in getting married. I see. Okay, how many more years? It sounds like you're a hundred and three, actually. <laughs> but I, I'm. Try, I want to understand. So, how many more years till the third proposal? Uh, probably not too many years. I would say three. And then you said yes. Yes. This is one of the great calls of my radio career. Everybody in the right hands would make a fascinating biography. Everyone alive. This is truly a riveting hour. This, uh, Mr. Producer, this has been a massive success. Just fascinating stories. You have no idea. <laughs> All right, let's see here. Uh, Anne in Erie, Pennsylvania. Hello. Hello, it's an honor. Thank you. So, 
my ex and I were dating, I don't know, maybe nine months, and he was uh, sitting at my dining room table, and he, I think, needed his teeth taken out or something, and um, I knew we were going to get married. Wait, I wait, think- I, I didn't follow that. He needed his teeth taken out? Right. He had problems, and he didn't have any insurance. Uh, wait a minute. How, I- how old were, was, was he at the time? 40-ish. He was 40-ish and needed his teeth taken out? Right. Okay, go on. So anyway, he didn't have insurance, and I did. And I said, well, and my dad would have killed me if he'd have heard it because my dad taught me that the boys do the initiating. You don't even ask the guy out. Right. And here I said to him, well, if we got married, you'd have insurance. And he didn't answer me. And I was devastated, so I went into the kitchen and decided to clean or do something, and he came out and he said, I heard you, I'm just not ready to answer you. And I'm thinking, okay, and the reason he didn't answer me is he was composing a poem to ask me to marry him. So a couple weeks later, he got all excited about the mail. I didn't, I didn't care if it sat in the mailbox for weeks, I just didn't want to deal with it. So he's like, you have mail, you have mail, and I'm going, yeah, big deal. And he goes, don't you want to get it? I'm like, no, nah, it's probably a bill. Then I'll have to write a check. And he's like, go get the mail. Go get the mail. And he kept bugging me. And I got it. And it was a poem about marrying him. And then I knew why he didn't answer me. Oh, that's very sweet. Did he get his teeth taken out? Yep. Did he have replacement teeth put in? Yep. Yep. And he had a lot of trouble with them. But uh, anyway... We, uh, but yeah, we but got married. But you're not still married to him? No, I wish he would have kept the no, because he was a hurricane. He couldn't stand if you had a normal life. He just had to change everything up and left me in a lot of debt. Yeah, it oh. was not good. I'm sorry. I should have listened to my dad. <laughs> That's right. Any, oh, you know what? I'm going to say something that I know is probably wrong, and I'm going to say it anyway. So I, I, I'm giving people a trigger warning I'm about to emote. I have an I have an instinctive suspicion of men who write poems to women. Okay. <laughs> so what is that? had you consulted me, I would have said, uh, beware. I, I, I wish I'd have known you yeah, then. Yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> Uh, maybe I'll do that as a subject. The reason is I had a relative long since gone to the next world, and uh, he he had a mistress is virtually his whole marriage to a dear relative of mine, obviously much older than I, and he... Uh, was uh, wooed this his wife with a lot of poems. So I admit that I have no uh, empirical data to support my suspicion, but it was not the only time I had heard about that. I know another person, a woman who was poems were written for her. And it didn't turn out well. That's a, that's an interesting <laughs> interesting theory, and it may be nonsense. We'll see. 
Okay, let's see. Uh, where are we here? Uh, Mary in Lake Forest, Illinois. Hello. Hello, Dennis. Thank you for taking my call. Mm-hmm. I am a 60-year-old black woman. I turned down a marriage proposal on December 30th, 1999. It was someone that I had been involved with for a number of years. For how many years? It broke up for how many years? A number of years. Okay. Two years. Yeah. And even before he had asked me to marry him, I knew that there was no way that I can marry that person. It was... Well, why did you keep going out with him? Because it was very dysfunctional. I did no, no, not... Wait, wait. That's why you didn't want to marry him. But why did you keep going out with him? Because I was dysfunctional, too. Oh, uh, good. Just, okay, that's a very valid reason. <laughs> <laughs> I just kept hoping uh-huh. in something that I knew in my heart of hearts that was not for me and was not working. Right. Uh, he didn't have a relationship with God. And at the time when we had, since, you know, we had started in the relationship, I renewed my relationship with the Lord. And I knew that that was not the person for me. So I had to just, uh, one day I just walked away. I just said, no, I cannot marry you. Uh, this is not going to work. And to, all your talk, and I appreciate and applaud you encouraging people to get married while you're young. I wish that I had taken that advice yeah. and not listened to other people mm-hmm. or listened to the culture, the, all the stuff, the culture, like you should have a career, you should do right. this, you should do that. Uh, I know. And that is, that is totally and completely wrong. And then you... You deny yourself the opportunity right. to pursue those things that will really make you have a rich and fulfilled that, life. God bless you. That's right. Yeah, I published a column a couple of years ago of a woman calling in. I transcribed it. My entire column was her lament about not marrying earlier. We return. Waited till I saw the sun I don't know why I didn't come I left you by the house of fun I don't know why I didn't come I don't know why I didn't You know, this turned out, I, I had no idea if I'd get any calls. Uh, and so that was in vain, that worry. And then I didn't know how it would go. It, it was really, it's been riveting. Did you ever propose and get turned down, or were you proposed to and turned it down? So much so, we're going to keep this as an evergreen. Because it, it's been, I, I, I wish I could do the whole show on this. I mean, it is so fascinating. Wow. All right, this is Catherine in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. 
What what the, it's uh, Ann Arbor? I remember I was there once to give speeches and how freezing it was. So it's very cold yeah, right now. <laughs> I'm sure. All right, go ahead. Well, your topic uh, intrigued me. I don't normally call radio shows, um, but I do listen to your show. I had six proposals from six different people. Uh, your your screener said I must have been a babe. I don't think I was a babe, but um, I turned five down and then married the sixth person. Did, and uh, did that work out? Yes, for 47 years. Oh, and what, then what happened? Well, my husband died. I see. So he, was he older? He was older than you? Yeah, he was eight years older than me. Right. So, so you uh, you were right in turning down six five men. Yes, I I, I sort and of think. Of so, course, so. you were a babe. Give me a break. <laughs> you know the number of babes who don't think they're babes. That's another great subject. How many women think they're desirable and cute or attractive or pretty or babes even? Anyway. Uh, was it painful to say no to all those guys? Um, it was very painful to a couple of them. Um, no, was it painful to you? To, to me, yes. Very painful um, for a couple of them. Um, I, I would but, think so. Uh, I would. <clears throat> I, 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 yes, thank you for calling. Hi, Mike, Chris, Regina, Dawn, Mario, Bob, and Frank. We'll do it again another time. There's a, a lot of a pain in the world of men and women and romance. But it's okay. The purpose of life is not to, ha- to, uh, to live a painless one. It's to live a full one. And full and painless are usually mutually exclusive. We continue with the Dennis Prager Show. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com. <laughs> 